What up? It's your boy Tommy G here with episode eight of the No Mercy podcast. Please go download, subscribe, review on all the different podcast outlets, iTunes, Podbean, Google Play, and most recently Spotify. So you guys have been asking. We are now available on Spotify. Uh, some of these places, Google Play, Spotify, they, they need you to have five or six episodes before they'll actually approve you. So we are up pretty much everywhere that podcasts exist. Uh, tell a friend to tell a friend. If you like what we're doing here, uh, go spread the word for us. On this episode, I was joined by at MLB Model. Uh, it's our weekly gambling episode. We went very heavy into week four analysis, uh, more than usual, actually. But spent a lot of time also on the first three weeks and what we've seen. Uh, some interesting trends that have popped up. Uh, went into the preseason power rankings of teams like the Pats, Jags, Eagles, Rams, Falcons, Vikings, Saints, Steelers. And what we're seeing, whether these teams are buy low candidates, whether you know we need to start factoring in some of the stuff that's going on going forward, or whether the first few weeks is a little bit of an aberration. Uh, talked about MLB Models' Twitter account, went into uh, some 80s sitcoms and Game of Thrones and Westworld, uh, along with all the 80s sitcoms. Uh, we talked about the sports betting hearing. Rob was the only person in America watching the sports betting hearing instead of the Kavanaugh hearing. So he gave us a little update on what went on there. Uh, and you guys should get over not only to GuruElite.com because we have our new gambling package, but get over to MyBookie.ag. They do a fantastic job over there. We know all the guys over there. Uh, all the props from my gambling article on the site are from MyBookie.ag. They dropped the line yesterday on uh, the Kavanaugh hearing. They had him at minus 600. So I know there was a lot of people who were uh, running over there to take advantage of that. MyBookie.ag do a fantastic job. A great people and a great company. And uh, honestly, you could use our promo code. Use promo code GuruElite and you'll get 100% deposit bonus up to $1,000. So uh, check out mybookie.ag and follow us on all the social media outlets, uh, Twitter, at Tommy G, at No Mercy Pod, and at MLB Model. And on Instagram, we just launched the uh, No Mercy Instagram page, which we're going to be doing a lot of fun stuff from uh, at No Mercy Pod on Instagram, and I am at Tommy G DFS. I don't know what Rob's Instagram is, nor do I care. It's probably just pictures of his fucking knee. But without further ado, hit it, Miyagi. Mercy is for the weak. We do not train to be merciful here. A man face you, he is enemy. Enemy deserve no mercy. What up? Let's get weird. It is the No Mercy Podcast with your boy Tommy G. I am joined today by Robert. Mr. MLB Model on Twitter at MLB Model for episode eight of the No Mercy podcast. Seems like we just started this yesterday, Rob. We're already at episodes in. Yeah, you're banging these out, dude. Trying, man. I'm really fucking hungover today. I'm just telling you that. I had a long night last night. Yeah, you look like shit again. The second week in a row. <laughs> this is going to be a theme on Fridays because, you know, uh, my drinking nights end up being Thursday and Sunday during this time of year. So I really don't go out on Saturday much. I hang out with Mad Lab and the Bod and Constantino and all these guys come over to house, uh, Sigs, all these guys. So Saturday usually ends up being strictly like an MMA night, you know, and by the time the fights end at 1231, you know, just kind of shutting it down or, or just, you know, doing something local. Fridays are straight research night because my article on GuruLeet.com has to be out by Saturday early afternoon. So I don't go out Fridays. I'm up till three in the morning writing my DFS article. And then it's like Sunday once everything's done and the stress is over and the games start. Now it's like, let's go get fucked up and, and hope shit goes down. So Sunday and Thursdays, Robert, when I get fucking tanked. Yeah, where's your water jug today? You got your water jug today? I actually have a blue moon with me, if you could see here. 
So I'm actually drinking. That's how you know it's bad when you're when you can't even go to water. You have to go right back to beer. Yeah, hair of the dog. That, that's when it's bad. Yeah. So, but mine's not in a can like yours. You fucking loser. <laughs> so we're gonna on this show today. A couple things. We're gonna talk a little bit about uh, week three betting recap. Um, I, I've noticed some interesting trends that have been going on in the NFL. Uh, there's a lot of turnover in the NFL from year to year, probably more than any other sport, you'd say, right, Rob? As far as like which teams are good from one year to the next. Oh, definitely. There's more variance in the NFL than any other sport. It's- Stop bumping into your fucking microphone. I didn't bump into it. I hear it. I hear it go. No, you're wrong. Yes, it's when you turn your head. Oh, okay. What you're doing. Oh, it's the bill of my turn- hat. Okay. Yeah, I got it. Fucking brim, your beak. Is your microphone <laughs> plugged in this week? It is. It is. Good. We actually had to we had to send out the bad recording last week because we had the backup recording because I didn't plug my mic in. So, uh, yeah, your stupid beak running into your mic. Um, But you were saying there about the turnover in the NFL. Yeah, it's constant. I I mean, you think about the injuries in the league and all the other shit that goes on. I mean, year to year. Right. It's anybody's fucking game. uh, Unlike, you know, the Yankees or some bullshit like that. Right. Yeah. I mean, it's it's literally first of all, it's the shortest season, too. I think that's what people don't understand. Right. Like everyone's like, why is there so much turnover year to year in the NFL? Because they play 16 games. Your sample size is so small. If they played 162 games in the NFL, trust me, every single year, it would be the same four or five teams. But they play 16 games only. So if you have a big injury for a few weeks or if you have a little downstretch for a few weeks, you know, you lose two or three games. That you only got about four or five left that you could lose, or else you're not going to make the playoffs. So I think it's the sample size, Rob. I think there's a much bigger injury factor in NFL than in any other, every other sport that affects it. And people only look at the main players; they don't look at the linebackers and the defensive ends and the tackles and stuff that go down throughout the year that kind of skew these teams. Yeah, a single player. Also, I mean, look at the Steelers with Shazier. I mean, that defense, it, whole defense, fall apart. It's not the same. It's not the same defense. Yeah. one player. You see it. You see it when you lose a big left tackle. You see, it's not just the quarterback. Or the believe it or not, the running back is probably the one that you could yeah. lose and no one gives a fuck about. Like teams don't even skip a beat right. when they lose a running back, and th- and that's what everyone focuses on. So I mean, you have that factor in it. You also have the situation where you know they talk about the Super Bowl hangover. These seasons are long, though. That's the thing. They only play sixteen games, but an NFL season is still three or four months, which would be comparable to the other seasons. It's just they're spending ninety percent of their time practicing and grinding in the weight rooms and on the practice field and not actually in performing on the field where the games count. So, you know, if you think about it over the course of a week, these guys are grinding their asses off all week and only three of those hours are actually counting on their record. You know, whereas in baseball, you don't fucking practice. You know, you go play, you do batting practice, you play again. So there is a lot of turnover always. And the first few weeks is always the time where you need to watch a lot of tape. You need to look into some trends because year to year, Rob, at least I've found that some of these trends, you know, may look like they're small sample size trends, but if you really study the tape and look at what's going on with the new age NFL, certain teams get it and certain teams don't. And I think you need to jump on these early. Well, and as a big sample size guy, being a baseball handicapper, uh, it frustrates the shit out of me that I'm working with three weeks of data, right? But right. the problem is that's all you have. You can't go by much else. So you have to take what you're given and make decisions based off of it, right? So you don't have fucking 80 games behind it to make a decision about the next game. You only have a couple of weeks or a week. Right. And, and it's, you know, and you got to kind of identify trends early, right? Like some of the things we're looking at um, early on, uh, the favorite for myself over the years is home dogs. You know, it's one of my favorite things to do. It's been, you could probably give 
confirm, but statistically, it seems like that's the most plus EV bet over the years, right? Well, if you blindly bet it, you'll lose money. But if you pick your spots, I mean, I, I think it's fine. But just blindly betting it, I don't think you're going to be long-term profitable. I, I might disagree with you. If you could, if you could pull that up, I, I would be willing to wager that home dogs over the years actually are plus EV. All right, I bet you 200 but, No, I bet you $300 that it's not. $300. We wipe our ass with $300. Bet okay, bet. All right. All right. Sample size will go the last five years. That's last five use. years. So last, okay, last, so what's the bet? Five home dogs. Last $300 dollars at home dogs over the last five years, uh, you'd be plus EV. Okay, got it. So, uh, but we do see nine and four against the spread this year, home dogs. Uh, dogs in general, this might be off because I don't know if I calculated the Monday game in this numbers because I did this on Saturday or Sunday. Um, dogs in general are 27 and 21 against the spread. Here's an interesting stat, Rob. Only six teams in the NFL have a winning record on the road. Again, I have to check the Steelers. I think I did this before the Monday night game. But six teams after week three before the Monday night game had a winning record on the road. Only six. Um, four of the last five seven-point favorites have not covered. Uh, that's including the Rams last night where most of you got a push. Some of you got a loss. Penny, I think, had it at seven and a half mm-hmm. by the time the game kicked off. Most books had it at seven. Uh, the Jaguars, the Vikings, the Patriots, all of them didn't cover as seven-plus dogs last week. Um, and you've seen Vegas off by a ton. You know, we've seen a lot of spreads that, like, last night was on the number, right, which seems where Monday night was a one-point line that opened at a three-point line, and it ended as a three-point game. So they were right on that one. But the first, the first three weeks, I mean, Jesus Christ, teasers were just a fucking waste of money because you're teasing teams up or down six points, and these spreads are missing by 20. Yeah, no doubt about it. And uh, again, early in the season, it's anybody's guess, including the bookmakers. I mean, they don't necessarily know what these teams are yet or what they have. Um, So, you know, you'll see these markets sharpen uh, uh, as the season goes on. That's for sure. But they've been way off uh, the start here. And and is that something because some people look at it um, and and I kind of waver back and forth between this. Some people look at it and say, oh, Vegas has been way off. So, you know, we're going to follow these trends. Whereas the other side of it could be, well, Vegas is just starting. And, and when we say Vegas, we need pinnacle and sharp betters. I just call it Vegas, but it's really technically not Vegas that's doing this. But Vegas themselves are going to get sharper, like you just said, as they get more data, too. So do you kind of ignore a lot of the stuff that's gone on in the first three weeks as far as against the spread and road teams and all that kind of shit? And or, or do you actually factor it in thinking that? There, there may just be a glitch in the matrix here. Well, I mean, I would assume so. So they're making these numbers and people are betting these numbers based on, you know, all the information that they have available to them at the time. Right. And so uh, that information is in the NFL changing by the minute. And so um, mm-hmm. I personally, you know, don't put too much weight into it, particularly uh, given this, this this small of a sample size. Um, I won't put much weight into it, but I could certainly see why, you know, somebody would. Okay. Yeah. And, and I probably do more than most. That's why I'm the gambler and you're the handicapper just because I'm a, I'm a hot streak guy, right? Like in anything I do, like I like hot streaks. I like jumping on things before other people realize it. Right. So, you know, that's something, if I feel like I find something that's, that's plus EV, even if it's not, I'm going to jump on it because I want to be the first one on it. But you know, the, the big thing early on that I'm seeing is if we look at, I pulled up, uh, it was just the first one I pulled up. I think it was NFL.com or whatever the fuck it was. I know you make your own power rankings, Rob, but I pulled up kind of the top eight or nine teams from the preseason 
in the power rankings on NFL.com or whatever it was. And here's who they were, right? It was the Pat, the Patriots, the Jags, the Eagles, the Rams, the Falcons, the Vikings, the Saints, and the Steelers, right? Seems like a list mm-hmm. you'd expect. Mm-hmm. All of these, the Rams are just fucking freaks of nature. Been saying this from the beginning. Bet the Rams, ignore the spread. Um, it felt like they won that game by 20 last night, even though they only won by seven. But the Rams are a fucking freak of nature. That team is just unstoppable. They have a legit shot of going undefeated, like a legit shot with that fucking juggernaut, and they have a good defense. But let's talk about these teams individually real quick because I think a lot of people are kind of giving up on some teams too quick, and some people are basically still having confidence in teams they shouldn't. So first, let's talk about the Patriots. Patriots are 1-2 and two right now. They look like a fucking mess. They go and play the 3-0 and o Dolphins this week, which we'll talk about in a minute. But what's your take on the, pa- the Patriots going forward? Well, it's not looking good uh, for Tommy and company. I, uh, I, I think I heard you and Jeff talking about it. If we're starting to witness the regression of Tom Brady, um, probably. I mean, why wouldn't we start re- witnessing the regression? But I wouldn't blame the team's struggles at all on Tom Brady at this point, personally. Um, and I think this is a classic sample size overreaction in that I'm not too worried about the Patriots. They're still going to go to the playoffs uh, and probably win a game or two in the playoffs. So I- I'm comfortable with the Patriots. I still put them top five in power ranking um, down from number one to enter the year. Uh, mm-hmm. But and th- let's not forget, uh, Josh Gordon's going to come in and, and, and light the world on fire as well. And then get suspended. Well, he only needs one game. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's basically what's going to happen. Josh Gordon's going to come in, light the world on fire, and then be off the team in three weeks. But, yeah, I mean, the Patriots, people have to fucking keep this in perspective. One, they're notorious slow starters. I mean, this happens a lot to them. you know, And they lose a lot of early games by double digits, too. Like, we've seen this happen before. If you go through their track record, it's, is this the end of Belichick-Brady? And every year we look like fucking idiots at the end when we're watching the Super Bowl and the fucking Patriots mm-hmm. are in it, right? So the other thing is that they've been missing – Edelman and they just added Josh Gordon like you said Edelman is Tom Brady's security blanket everyone fucking loves Hogan but Hogan's not that guy he's not that guy so I think this is a big addition there um I have not given up on the Patriots at all I think they're going to be there at the end they're 100% going to be in the playoffs it'll be them and you know probably the Steelers or something uh, or the Jaguars in those final you know three or four teams that are left speaking of the Jaguars two and one they beat the Patriots everyone was going fucking nuts about it and then the Patriots lost last week, which kind of diminished the value of the Jags win. And then the Jags got their asses kicked by the Titans. So what do you think of the Jags? Are they for real? Oh, man, I keep going back and forth on this team, and I've lost some money. Um, so, yes, they're for real. I mean, I think they're a real team. Uh, I still put them around number 10, number 11. Um, what are your power rankings, actually? Give me, your, give me your top 10 in the power rankings that you have on your system. Okay, so I've got uh, the Eagles, um, Eagles, Pats. Um, hold on, my computer just froze on me. It was. <laughs> I was going to say, I'll talk yeah, for a second ahead. while you pull it up. Yeah. So, so Jags basically two and one. Um, this loss to the Titans was a little bit scary. Keep in mind they played without Fournette, so I still want to see them with Fournette. I think that was just an outlier game. I believe in the Jags. I think they're good. I believe in Bortles a little bit more than most people do, even though I don't think he's great by any means. But uh, the Jags are going to be there in the end. They'll be they'll be one of the final four teams left in the AFC. Did you pull it back yeah, up? Yeah, I'll give you my top five. So, uh, believe it or not, I got KC in there. So, I've got oh, – That's, of course. Yeah. I got KC, Eagles, uh, Rams, Patriots. Wait, you have Rams three? Rams a three. 
fucking burn that. R- Rams thing. at three. I th- I burn think it. they might That's be overrated. That's the fucking dumbest thing. Uh, That's the dumbest thing I've ever heard. All right, I might tell you two more dumb things then. Uh, I've got the Vikings right up here as well, and the Saints. Mm. Okay, yeah, no, that's that's fine. But the Rams being three is the dumbest thing I've ever heard. Fucking literally insanity. You should kill yourself. Didn't but, you um, just fucking say that they were going to go undefeated? Yes. Hence me thinking they should be number one. Oh, 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 okay. I thought you were going to make yeah, it. Yeah, no, I'm not saying you're dumb to having them in there. I'm saying you're dumb for having them at number three, uh, you fucking well, idiot. Wait a minute. Like, what are, what are you... Who the fuck is. All right, give me your three. Give me the Tommy G power My, ranking. The, the G3? G3. You want the G3? Yes. You want the G6? Um, I got Rams 1, 2, 3, 4, and 5. <laughs> Number 6, I have the, believe it or not, I have the Eagles now with Wentz back. Number 7, which would be number 3, I have the Jaguars. Then I have the Chiefs. Then I have the Vikings, shockingly. And then I have the Patriots. Okay. So that will adjust because that's kind of... You know, just where I'm at right now, I don't have my fucking model that I'm fucking running numbers through. Just off my eyes, what I see. If the, if Edelman and Gordon come back and Gordon's live and Edelman's back, then the Patriots could very easily jump back up to number two. But no one is going to be ahead of the Rams for me. Not even fucking close. McVay, I have a. I think I'd fuck McVeigh. I like him so much. I can't believe that kid was born in 1986. By the way, and have you seen his girlfriend? Dude. Yeah, she's smoke show. Jesus Christ, smoke show. So Eagles 2-1 and one haven't scored over 21 points yet for the whole entire season, but we just got Wentz back. They've been missing Ajayi. They've been missing some players over there. So we got to kind of put them in the same bucket as the Patriots. The difference is the Eagles are 2-1 and one and the Pats are 1-2, and two, right? So the Eagles are afforded a little more time to kind of get their wheels right. But I think with Wentz back, that team is definitely a top two or three team in the NFL. You know, Tommy, you're um, a classic overreaction guy. I would have. Oh, I, I was waiting I, for I, you to shit all over me saying that the Patriots were going to go and make a decent run in the playoffs. No, because I'm also a Jets fan. So I've dealt with this nonstop. Like, oh, oh, the Patriots dynasty's over. We might have a shot to win a division at some point in the next 30 years. Right. And then all of a sudden, fucking all hell breaks loose again. So I've, I've seen this movie before. Uh, Rams 4-0, absolute beast. Falcons are one and two right now. Uh, pretty explosive offense. Uh, looking like this kid Ridley is going to be a star. We played him in DFS last week, won all the fucking money. Um, so, so that was good. But a one and two start for the Atlanta Falcons in a division where the Panthers, Saints, and Bucks are all two and one. Uh, not looking great for the Birds here. No, definitely not. I mean, let me ask you this. Does Matt Ryan just fucking suck, or what's the situation with Matt Ryan? I mean, last week he did great. You know, like last week he looked good. So... You know, he's the most overrated player maybe in the history of football You know, and has the worst nickname, Matty Ice, for someone who consistently chokes. Yeah. But, you know, last week he had a monster game, but you got to take that with a grain of salt because it was the Saints, right? But a huge game for Ryan last week. Um, I don't know, man. I just don't trust him long term. I don't trust Julio staying healthy. We've already seen Freeman missing basically the whole early part of the season thanks to my seasonal leagues. But I don't know, man. The Bengals this week is not a cupcake. They got this at the Steelers the week after that. It's a tough game. Then they play the Bucks, who literally look really good, you know, at least offensively. So they got a, they got a tough little stretch here for these next three games. There's a chance this team could lose two of these next three games. Mm-hmm. No doubt about it. Yeah. And my thing with Matty, Matty Ice is when he was coming out of BC, he was like, I remember just all the hype around him. And then he's just, the guy has just never been able to put together a full season. Uh, you know, that, that takes them and, and, you know, puts it all together. He just hasn't done it yet. Yeah. I haven't, I haven't seen it. So, I mean, I, I like the the Falcons. They're more of a fantasy team than a gambling team for me. I don't bet on Falcons games too often. The Vikings are the big one here. One, two, and one. This seems like when we look at DFS daily fantasy, 
Um, when you see a player that's three thousand dollars, that should be six thousand dollars, like James Conner the first week or whatever. This seems like one of those spots to bet on the Vikings um, to make the playoffs, possibly even the Super Bowl. But I mean, they'd have to beat the Rams to do that. But this seems like a, a great spot to get great value on the Vikings at one, two, and one to make the playoffs. Yeah, I love this team. Um, I've got them up here at uh, seven, seven, eight, something like that. And, and uh, you know, I, they're really putting it together. Um, I was just a total donkey last night, Tommy. And I bet the under in that game last night. Yeah, I know. Night. We talked about this because you're a fucking idiot. I, Literally, we were talking to, to Marcus. <laughs> I was like, what the fuck are you doing? I'm like, who bets the under on this game? And then I realized that you did. Yeah, so I did. would you like to explain why you bet the under on this game? No, I don't really want to talk about it. They had... Uh, okay, and then you had the balls to tell me it was the sharp bet. It was the sharp... Oh, th- let's go there. All right. So I bet 48 and a half and um, under 48 and a half. And I think the halftime score was 48. So I was sitting and and that's when you told me that I, you made the sharp bet and I was a donkey. Correct. So I was sitting, I still had half a point, right? So there was a chance they could have gone scoreless in the second (laughs) half. Um, (laughs) But uh, that total actually moved down. Tommy, that total was at uh, 49. Uh, It got steamed. A lot of juice came in on the under. Uh, I was some of that juice on the under and uh, yeah, just didn't get there. But all the sharp money that I saw come in was under that game, uh, and they were just dead fucking wrong. So yep, yep. And I loved it because I looked at that. By the way, no mercy pod lock of the week, I believe, was the over in the Rams game with me and Jeff. Uh, we hit that bet. You can get over to GuruElite.com. We have our whole betting package. We just dropped the price on all of it because we're a few weeks in, uh, and we have a weekly betting package, nineteen ninety nine, where you could check it out for a week. But uh, yeah, we nailed the Rams over, hit a lot of the props last night, too. But, I mean, that, that game was just a fucking nut over. You were looking at the Rams missing fucking two of their corners, even though they had good guys coming in in place of them. Going out there with two corners missing. Vikings coming off a disgusting loss on that, now going to national TV. They were coming out firing with something to prove. And you had the Vikings missing a couple key defensive players. Griffin's a mental institution or whatever fuck's happened with him. And the Rams just are going to score 30 every game. So, um, yeah, I... I you're an idiot. So the Vikings, though, we're talking about the Vikings here. You can get good value probably everywhere. Uh, I'm looking right now on my uh, They are right now plus 160 to win the division to win the uh, NFC North division. And I think before the season, they were like huge favorites. So that seems like a good bet there. Plus 160 to win that division for the Vikings starting at uh, one, two and one. Yeah, but you know who they have to get through to do it. So, I mean, I think that's why the numbers there. Um, mm-hmm. right. So I don't know. I, I don't love the bet personally. Um, I don't know if I, well, you're not I, I don't smart. think they do it. Of course I bet the under yeah. last night. So don't <laughs> listen to what the fuck I say. <laughs> you're, you're 38 years of tremendous handicapping, gambling for a living with five figure bets a night. Uh, it all went out the window cause you bet the under last boils night. down to one game. You got it. All, everything comes down sample size and recency bias. Uh, but yeah, I mean, look at the Bears are two and one. The Trubisky looks like dog shit. The Packers are one one and one. They don't have a defense, and the Vikings are one two and one. So uh, I actually like that bet, the plus one sixty uh, for the Vikes right there uh, to move forward. They are going to be fine. I'm not worried about them. The Saints two and one. Now this is a this is a shitty two and one though. I mean, this is not a sexy two and one. This is a two and one where they went to overtime to beat the Browns with Tyrod Taylor and should have lost. 
where they basically got lit the fuck up by the Tampa Bay Buccaneers in week one. Both those games, they were 10-point favorites or more. They lost one and went to overtime in the other. And then last week, yes, they won, threw up a lot of points, but I think they gave up like 37 points and had to go to overtime again to win that game. So they're not running through teams. That's for damn sure. No, the the, the downfall of the Saints all began when they could qu- they quit playing players' bounties for uh, injuring other players, and <laughs> and that was the whole downfall. It's the, it's been the same story. Is you know they have to outscore you to beat you, uh, right? By a margin. So you know this defense is just not good. It's it's never been. It hasn't been the same for years. And everyone was talking about how the defense was going to be better. And this is what, you know, every year we hear about how the Saints D is going to be a juggernaut this year all of a sudden. So that has definitely not been the case. And speaking of bad defenses, the other team that was up at the top of the power rankings there early in the year, the Steelers um, love Juju. Juju, Antonio Brown, James Washington, Connor. I mean, who needs fucking Le'Veon Bell? Fucking Jesse James and McDonald at tight end. Big Ben at quarterback. Offense is no fucking question, but this defense is fucking really bad right now. It, so it really is. It's hard to watch. Yeah, you know, one one and one for the Steelers, last place in the AFC North. I mean, what what are you thinking on them? Is this a buy low opportunity for you on futures bets? You know, I'm a, I'm actually a Steelers fan, and uh, this is this is as bad of a Steelers team I think as I've seen in a while. Um, I've got them in the power ranking at 19. Um, wow, you know. I just don't see it, but Lav Bell's not the issue. Like, right. Lav Bell has proven that he's replaceable and fucking good. Fuck him. You know what? If you want to hold yeah, out on the team idiots. and all this shit, fuck you. Let Connor go go earn his money now. I'm good with that. Uh, the story of the Steelers, though, of course, is this this defense and what's happened with the loss of Shazier last year. And if they've just never recovered, um, and this secondary, uh, you know, is just not good at all either so yeah it's bad I mean this is a but I mean Ben I I have a prop on Ben before the season to lead the league in uh in passing yards um that's looking pretty good you know Mm -hmm. especially after last week but the bottom line is we got 450 yard games popping up left and right for passers in this league so you never fully know I have Michael Thomas prop uh one of my two receiving props that I put in Michael Thomas plus 1400 that one's looking good you know so a lot of this stuff Rams to win the Super Bowl a lot of this stuff is is looking good from the early season. But what this just tells us, breaking down all nine of those teams with really only the Rams being the one without any warts on it, is that it's tough from week to week. You know, you look at the Chiefs. The Chiefs are a juggernaut right now, especially offensively. Their defense sucks. But offensively, this team can fucking ball. Uh, this is this is a – and, and got to give props to draft cheat here. He was the first one on it. Mm-hmm. But this is a once-in-a-generation offense right now that it's looking like. I mean, there's obviously – you can't get too crazy – after three games, but this team is yet to score less than 38 points. Mahomes looks amazing. Kelsey, Tyreek Hill, Sammy Watkins, Kareem Hunt. I mean, they got they got speed and talent everywhere on this offense. The thing people aren't looking at, though, 27, 37, and 28 points given up in those three games. So, literally, this has been the, the over team of the decade right now. Every game is going to, like, 60, 70 points. Yeah, no doubt. Did you have, did you have any indication uh... – preseason Tommy that they would be this team no no I I liked Mahomes I said I was a big fan of drafting Mahomes for dynasty leagues and for keeper leagues and stuff like that I didn't think he was going to come out and be this I thought he was literally just Tyreek Hill because that's all we'd seen especially in the preseason all his completions were going to Tyreek Hill all his yards were going to Tyreek Hill he was connecting with Tyreek Hill 
at a at a ninety five percent clip on their targets, but Kelsey was nowhere to be found. Watkins was nowhere to be found. Conley, Hunt, like no one else was was around. So I just thought it was going to be one of those situations where he just fucking locks on to Tyreek Hill. Tyreek Hill's great for fantasy. The Mahomes will have his moments, and the, the Chiefs will be a you know eight and eight type team. But no. Never saw. And, and you know, they're, I think they're going to get better, uh, particularly defensively. Eric Berry, who hasn't played uh, their safety, uh, he's due back at some point this year and um, can sure up that secondary a little bit for him. Yeah, I agree. So let's go into uh, just I want to do it. We do MLB models tweets uh, and then we'll get back to the football here. We'll start talking some week four. Um, we do your tweets, Rob. So I, I just what I do is because I fucking have you muted on Twitter because your account sucks so bad. Right. Uh, I just go through before the show and just read through them and try and see if I can make sense of what the fuck you were talking about. Okay. So I want you to tell me uh, what this tweet. This was a tweet from the other day that said, Bill just came. I have no fucking idea. Um, <laughs> I have to Bill just came. I, oh, I know what it was. I know what it was. I was watching a football game. Fuck. I don't, re- uh-huh. I don't remember what football game I was watching. Uh, mm-hmm. but this short white wide receiver caught a, uh, caught a touchdown pass. And I said, Bill came cause Bill Belichick loves short white wide receivers. Bill just came. Oh, came in his pants. Bill, came. So Bill Belichick just came in his Bill pants. Bill Belichick okay. came in his pants. Okay, good, yeah. good. Yeah. So this is great. The next day MLB model Twitter review is the best. Um, here, here's another good one from Rob going to watch this new Netflix show. <laughs> is it good? <laughs> Do you know which show? Do you know what show I was talking about? Yeah, I think I do, but I mean, like, I think is it the Maniac? Ma- Maniac, Maniac. Yeah, yeah, but I mean, come on, dude! Like, <laughs> Netflix puts out a million new shows. Almost everybody uh, knew what that tweet was a reference to. Yeah, I mean, it, it it wasn't the worst, but I mean, come on. Um, my good looks go really unnoticed. It's really fucking. That was just it, it, they do. It's sad. They do. Uh, I was just sitting on a couch realizing that, and so I sent that message out to the world. Is that by your wife, by other people, by Twitter? I mean, because we don't ever see your face. We just see your knee and your arm and your elbow and your crotch. No, my wife and children realize how sexy, sexy I am. Um, it's it's just people in the world. Yeah, I used to get... People in the world, just the You world know how you, how you get these looks and people are just like, oh, I want to fuck that guy. I don't get that anymore. I used to get that all yeah. the time. Well, maybe we need to look in a mirror more than uh, blaming everyone else, Rob. Because <laughs> I'm looking at you right now and trust me, you don't seem like the, oh, I need to fuck you don't that guy. Fuck me? guy. Yeah, I mean, I do, but I have very, I fuck fruit. That's true. So I have very low standards. Um, here's a good one. Uh, this is a tweet, MLB model. Keep in mind, these are not in context. These are not like Rob was tweeting about something and then like added this later when, and when his followers were like engaged in a conversation. These are literally just randomly stuck in the midst of nothingness. So no one knows what they are. Chris, you dumb bastard. No, I know what, what the fuck this is about. I hate Chris Collinsworth. I think okay. if you check my just you know you can do the Twitter search and will be model and Chris. This will go yeah. back five years. This motherfucker. What does he he's provide? He's an arrogant prick. Shitty he was a arrogance. shitty wide receiver for a fucking. I, I I'm livid, Tommy. I hate fucking Chris with a passion. And every time he talks, I just think, shut up, Chris. Shut up, Chris. Shut up, Chris. So I just and you know what? I recycled that tweet probably from 2014. Um, <laughs> I'm sure you, I'm sure that could be like a scheduled. Tweet he is a dumb bastard. He's so fucking bad. There's so many bad commentators. It, they're so fucking bad. Everything is fucking horrible on those channels. I can't wait until one of these stations, if you're out there listening 
and you have connections to a producer, I don't care if it's fucking Spike TV, I don't care if it's Channel 6 million, uh, HBO, whatever it is, I want to do an uncensored fantasy broadcast for like a Red Zone type channel or even a Monday night game. Just something where we could curse and talk fucking fantasy and gambling. Where we can go on there and we'll have fucking me, Jeff Manns, and Rob go on there and be the fucking booth and we'll talk in-game bets. We'll talk. We'll just fucking just put, don't put any of these assholes on it. Put us on it. Like we have to do it. Uh, it's, it's would be fucking gold, Jerry. Gold. I've been saying this for years. These dumb bastards. Everyone's been saying it, 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 but they keep putting former athletes on there who don't know their fucking ass from their elbow. Um, Let me see. Uh, Jimmy G proving that a pretty face is no replacement for a strong knee. This is just facts. That's just facts. Just factual. It's just straight MOB model. And then my favorite one, uh, final one. Why does my nose hair grow more now? <laughs> I, I I wish I fucking knew. And you know what? I got one of those. I got I got the Mad Lab buzzer, but I I only uh, have one where uh, you know you, you swap you swap the heads. I don't stick it up my ass or anything. Um, no. But fuck, I gotta use that thing like twice a week. It's like it's like rapid regeneration, and, and they get longer too. I, I don't understand. You know what's Tommy. weird? The random shoulder hair too. Do you ever get that? Like I don't have back hair, so it's like I'll just get this like. I'll just look, and there'll be this hair on my back shoulder that's, like, fucking this long. It's, like, four inches long. And I'm like, how the fuck, one, did that get there? And, two, why is it growing so much faster? It's like the Forrest Gump of hairs. It's just fucking running out like I I was, raw dying. And it just grows and grows and grows. Like, you get that weird nose hair and shoulder hair, that one hair that just fucking explodes. Why does that happen? It's so annoying. It happens on my ears too. You know, when you're like comb your hair and you look, you're like, fuck, I got a four foot long ear hair. hanging. Where the fuck did this come from? You pull it out. And then you wonder, you're like sitting there like, do I have any more of these people seen this fucking hair? Or is it just me? (laughs) So why does my nose hair grow more? Uh, All right. So let's get back to this now. As far as, you know, looking at, you had some trends to watch here for week four. Um, there's some stuff that you kind of pointed out, some interesting uh, against the spread statistics over the last 10 and stuff like that. Rattle a couple of these off. All right, so I just went through a couple games. And then tell me how much you weigh these into your analysis because I don't don't see you being the type of guy who really cares about this, but you actually volunteered some of this information to me. So it's a little odd. This seems more like something Tommy G would care about than MLB model would. All right, so I will kind of walk you through a few of these. All right, so – Miami versus New England. So the home team is 11 and 1 against the spread in their last 12 meetings. This is fucking useless information. Uh, I, it stood out. So what I did, Tommy, was I went through my Don Best screen and I just picked out some that like were the most extreme. And I'll right. tell you if I think it's worth a shit or not. I know this is like content that people enjoy that the home team's right, 11 okay. and 1 against the spread. So I will tell you, but I'll also tell you if I think I give a shit or not. So I don't think it's useless. And this is okay, uh, so home team being 11 one against the spread in this situation. Um, I don't think it's that useless. I think there's something to these things. Certain teams get up for certain teams in certain moments. I mean, it's the same reason why I didn't make a baseball bet for a month and a half. And then all of a sudden David price was pitching against the Yankees. And I fucking gave a Twitter free bet to put your house on the fucking Yankees, right? Like we just know that David price is going to get killed by the Yankees. So I understand it goes back to the BVP argument, I guess a little uh, bit, which side of that fence you're on. Let's not have the BVP argument right now. Well, this kind of is right. Because you're looking at like numbers that most sharps and analytic nerds would say, well, you throw that out because this is a new team and a new day and a new circumstance. So you throw out the past. 
So there's a little bit of BB. Well, let's go logically here about Miami versus New England. Home team's 11 and 1 against the spread. So Miami going to New England makes sense that New England is going to win that game over right. the last however 12 meetings. New England But it win also that shows game. me that fucking New Eng- Miami's probably 5 and 1 at home against New England. Well, that's the other side of the coin is why is New England losing in Miami? That's the only interesting part. And, and it's South Beach bringing the heat, like the whole yep. Giselle Dude, it's out the there. South Beach effect. So. Yes. If you have certain players on your team, like this does make sense. Think about the guys like Gronk and some of these guys that are more prone to party. You know, maybe it's that fucking, you know, these guys go out a little bit more. I always factor something like that. And especially when it's in a city like New York or Miami or L.A. So I'm going to take that in. And this is, I was heavy on the Patriots coming into the week. I think I'm actually going to start leaning New England now. I mean, uh, Miami now for next week because it moved up to seven. So I think I'm going to take the seven with Miami there. Um, This game is, where's this game this week? Is it in New England or in Miami? Uh, Hold on, I got to pull it up here. Do you have it in front of you? Good question. While Tommy looks. (laughs) Good um, question. (laughs) (laughs) I would not recommend betting on this It's in New England, so ignore that. Uh, that. So I'm I'm still on New England. Ignore that. I thought it was in Miami. So when it's in Miami, just assume that they're... In Miami, though, I'm going to take Miami. All right, next big big one. Houston versus Indy. Houston are 0-8 against the spread in their last overall eight games. So this one is kind of interesting to me if if there's a higher spread, because this just sort of tells me that they are not scoring uh, a lot of points, right? So if they're not covering spreads, you know, maybe they're only putting up, you know, however. I mean, they're not winning. So So, I mean, that's part of the problem. So this game's a pick them. So, right. And they're losing. So this game's a pick them though. So what their record is against the spread in a pick them game, again, it's fucking useless, right? Yeah, no, that's useless. Anything, I think anything you're going back, you know, three years, four years that aren't interdivision rival things are fucking completely useless. So, but last eight games that haven't covered the spread, you know, is that something you look at and say, well, Vegas is just too high and sharps are too high on this team. And, you know, big betters and whales are too high on the Texans and that's going to remain. Or do you think they all start jumping ship on them now because they've been losing with them. And now the line, instead of being, you know, the Texans minus three in this game, like it might be if they were two and one, stay off that fucking mic, dude. Uh, if they were two and one, uh, now all of a sudden it's plus one, right? So maybe the line is three or four points. Different. Well, you're right. The market was inflated on Houston and betters were heavy, uh, uh, high on Houston. I, I, I lost money on Houston, I think, uh, every week. Um, mm-hmm. so to see them to come back down as a pick. Yeah. Uh, I totally agree. They're plus one right now. So that's, that's interesting right there. Give me the next one. Uh, Tampa Bay versus Chicago. By the way, so who do you, who do you like in that game? Just early lean. Uh, Indy. We'll put the official bets, you know, obviously later in the week on the site, but okay. Uh, Tampa Bay versus Chicago. The overs eight and two in Tampa's last 10 road games. So this Mm -hmm. doesn't interest me that much, but eight and two is sort of a big number. Um, Mm -hmm. I have no idea why they would be scoring more points on the road. Hmm. So over, so this is over is eight and two in Tampa Bay last 10 road games. What's that mean? So they're saying any game that's in Tampa. No, no, no. Tampa Bay's last Tampa Bay's last Last road games. Tampa's last. Oh, by the way, games. Rob wrote out these notes, so yeah. they look like a fucking seven-year-old child wrote it with their fucking feet. Correct. So to to read Rob's handwriting and then one to fucking understand <laughs> what the fuck his you just read his tweets, so you can understand how hard his notes are here. So you're saying Tampa Bay games are over eight and two in their last ten. Uh, yes. Any game Tampa yeah, Bay plays that's on right. the road. Okay. That's correct. 
I think that makes sense. I mean, I, I would imagine that a lot of their games are over regardless just because the defense is so bad. So that's an interesting one. Cleveland versus Oakland. Uh, you have here the under is 9-1 and one in Oakland last 10 games overall. What the fuck does that mean? Uh, it means nothing to me. The under is 9-1 and one in Oakland uh, the last 10 games in Oakland. Uh, so that's gone under there. So there's nothing special about a stadium that would make a that's game wrong. go under. That's a wrong. Okay, that's wrong. Tell me why. I disagree with you. I disagree with you. That's 100 percent wrong. Certain stadiums are tougher to play in. Certain teams are better in their home team. The Raiders, especially, being one of them. I mean, this is a team that for the last 20 years, you just watch them and Denver and certain teams like that when they play. You know, in the black hole, in mile high, especially a stadium like Oakland, where it's fucking, you know, Oakland and Miami, where you're playing on a goddamn baseball field. So the, if any stadium that there would be something different, you know, Miami and, and Oakland, everyone keeps talking about how they're tough to play. One because of the black hole, the other one because of the fucking, you know, South Beach effect. How about the fact that you're playing on a baseball field and that teams don't normally do that? How about the fact that that's going to affect road kickers where they go to local high schools around the stadium to practice kicking on dirt in a baseball field? And how about the fact that you don't get the same footing and it's just fucking weird? But you're also like, saying because you have to it's it's an over under. So there's a number set. So you're also saying that the market is not factoring any of this in that. you're. Saying. I don't think people are factoring in that they're playing on a baseball field. They're looking at the players. And then what happens is the scores get a little bit lower because the Oakland and Miami usually aren't favored. You know, they're usually dogs or, you know, even money at home pretty much or three-point favorite or something like that. So if the, the more powerful team has trouble scoring and we know Oakland and Miami aren't going to throw up 35 points, 30 points, it ends up being a lot of 21-17 games. I think it's viable, Rob. Okay, I'm not buying what you're selling, but I hear you. <laughs> of course you're not. We don't agree on anything. <laughs> Baltimore versus Pitt. Uh, uh -huh. Pittsburgh's 2-8 at eight in the last 10 games against the spread. This makes a lot of sense to me. I wouldn't, okay. it's not actionable, but you know, the Steelers have not been good in their last 10 overall games. So I'm not surprised they're not covering in their last games. Um, and by the way, ancillary note, uh, this is a really hard game for Pittsburgh this week. Uh, it's a tough, tough footing here going against this Baltimore team. Um, and I disagree with the number as it sits, but not, not nothing to do with the, with the trend. Okay. Do you disagree with the 50 or the three? Three. Steelers are minus three. Yeah. So you think you think value on the Baltimore side here? I do. I agree with you. I definitely agree with you on that one. Um, this was a crazy one here. The K Kansas City versus Denver. This game is a 50. It was a 56 and a half total, I believe. Um, maybe I missed saw that. It's 55 right now. But I think it was 56, 56 and a half when I saw it a couple days ago. In mile high. I don't know if I've ever seen of 50-something, 50 56 total in mile high, which is known to be one of the toughest places to play with the altitude and guys getting tired and all that. I mean, Kansas City on the road, minus four and a half. I got to imagine there's going to be a lot of people betting the Chiefs in this game. Yeah, I'll probably be one of them. Um, I totally agree with you. It's, it's sort of a strange number, and I will lean KC in this game. Um, not, By not because KC. they're seven and one in their last eight overall games right so. that's a seven and one against the spread in their last eight games yeah they they kind of look a little rams ish you know like where like you're not going to hold this team to under 35 you know, 30 points so it's basically what your bet is is can denver score 27 and every team this year has been able to but uh yeah that's a that's a that's a tough one there i'm probably gonna fucking just donkey it up and go kansas city with the rest of the fucking universe but the funny thing is this line has come down rob 
right? This line has moved, I believe, from five, five and a half down to four and a half. So are you seeing sharp money coming in on Denver? Well, I'd love to play the other side. This of this thing moved quite a, quite a bit. Minus five, minus four and a half, minus three and a half. So this thing got smacked at some point uh, yesterday, uh, yesterday all day, actually. Money came in on Denver. Um, so I don't know if there was some news or something out there that I might've missed, but, um, yeah, it moved down quite a bit and then it came bounced back up to four. Right. So that excites you, right? So when would you pull the trigger on your Kansas city bet? Uh, what are you looking for on the number? Would you pull it at four? Well, yeah, yeah, yeah. I wish I would have got the three and a half obviously, but, uh, yeah, it's fine at four. It didn't sit at three and a half long. I'm looking at it here. It literally flicked down the three and a half and then came right uh, okay. back up. All right, so uh, let's do it. Let's do here. Let me see. Another game that I want to talk about. Uh, what was it? Oh, this Giants-Saints game, 52 total. Um, this is going to be the DFS Darling game, right? This and the Falcons for the Sunday slate. Uh, we had the biggest game on Thursday, and then Sunday night and Monday, you have two other 50 totals that we just talked about, Pitt and the Broncos. So we got the Giants and the Saints, 52. Giants plus three at home. Again, another one of these home dogs. We got... We got a lot of interesting home dogs this week because if that theory is holding up, that home dogs being nine and four this year to start, and it makes sense because if we just went through a whole fucking rant, Rob, about how none of these teams are without warts, then you put them on the road with travel outside their home, you got to imagine there's a high probability for any of these teams outside of maybe the Rams to lose on the road because they all have warts. So it would make sense why home dogs are doing so well because none of these teams are as dominant as they have been in years past. But you got the Giants plus three against the Saints at home. You got Denver plus four and a half against the Chiefs at home. Uh, you have the Cardinals plus three against the Seahawks who kind of suck at home. Titans plus three and a half against the Eagles at home who just beat the Jaguars. Uh, the, the Titans just did. So some interesting home dogs there for sure. Some home dogs getting points. Not teams you really want to bet on, but also playing some teams that you're like, uh, I don't know if they're as big of a juggernaut as we thought. Tommy, do you uh, – I think I already know the answer to this. Do you think that travel uh, negatively impacts teams? I do. I think people overestimate it nowadays because of how you know efficient travel has gotten and how comfortable these you know flights are. These guys sitting in fucking you know pods and stuff and laying down. And you know the commutes are a lot better, more friendly and stuff like that, but it 100% does. I really believe that even if you're taking a fucking three hour flight, it's still, you know, these guys, a lot of these guys are flying private now, right? Instead of fucking flying on commercial airlines like they did 20 years ago. So it's a much easier process. But I mean, time, once you're once you're crossing two time zones, I do still wait it a little bit. I know the math is starting to even out, though, right on it. Yeah, I, 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 I used to factor maybe a point, point and a half. Um, at this point, uh, I'm not really factoring it in at all. Um, I don't think the travel is making nearly the impact that it once did. Like you said, uh, everything is with them. These guys are well fed on the flight, you know, like the whole nine yards. I don't see it really having that big of an impact. I don't, I don't, I'll I'll admit I cross country West to East. I do still gauge it. And what I like to do on those, and I didn't do it last week, which I was pissed at. I like to play the first half of the game. If we have a team flying from West to East, you know, a lot of times I feel like that first half or the first quarter bet is where you might get a little leverage if they're playing at a totally new time and a totally new time zone after travel. Maybe they get off to a little bit of a slow start. But, uh, but yeah, I haven't waited in too much. Um, Giants, Saints, anything you're looking at here that's jumping off the page? Uh, no, n- nothing much. I, um, 
I had a, a over lean and I still do. I think, you know, maybe 53 and a half something. So a slight lean over. Um, but uh, I'm not too much interested in this game from a betting perspective. Okay. And then the other shootout here, the uh, Atlanta Bengals game, uh, Atlanta minus four. I, I don't remember the last time I bet on a Falcons side that wasn't, to, you know, I bet on the totals, but I don't know if I've ever, I don't, I just don't fuck with Falcons games. Me either. And I don't know what it is. It's sort of them in Carolina. I find myself just staying yeah, off of their games. Another one. Yeah. Yeah. They're another one. Um, but those are the shootout games. Um, I know what your favorite, you had, you had one of the bets you like. I know what your three favorite bets are. So give me one of them on the podcast and the other two, they can get over to guruelite.com and sign up to check that out. Cause I don't want to give it all away. Uh, yeah. So I think I already gave one Tommy where, uh, Baltimore is going to be a, a play for me. Um, mm-hmm this week and I just against the struggling Steelers team I think I think three's too much there and uh so I'll be playing Baltimore for sure I think we should play in the super contest too I don't know how you feel mm-hmm. about the play I'm fine with it yeah I'm fine with it yeah I'm fine with it um one of my favorites of the week and obviously it doesn't matter if I give one or two out because I give like 12 every fucking Sunday I bet the board basically so Cleveland Browns plus three against the Raiders um that's a game I like I like the Baker effect um I do think there's a I do think the under has some some viability here especially with the stat you were talking about just now but I just like getting the three points here with with the Browns and Baker Mayfield I think this offense is going to be a lot better I think they're DFS viable too so that's probably one of my favorite bets I think you could even hit this on the money line for sure plus 125 so uh that's probably my favorite bet of the week um I'm kind of with you on the Ravens I agree with that. I have two other ones that I absolutely fucking love uh, that we'll talk about on the site. But um, that's that's an interesting one. What's your numbers say about the Seahawks-Cardinals game? Oh. Because <laughs> this one looks fucking like – I mean, the two teams you fucking hate to bet on right now. But the total at 39 seems tempting, even though it's low. I kind of like the under on this. And the plus three, I mean – Seattle minus three against Arizona. Yeah, it's really it's really weird. And this game, uh, the total has crept up. Uh, I think this thing opened at like 37 and a half or something, and it's mm-hmm. sitting at 39. It's still about two points low at 39. Uh, yeah. I, God, gun to my head. I had to, I'd have to bet over here, but this is one I just assume stay away from. Uh, even, even, even against the spread, like I, I don't <laughs> – I'm not gonna mess with this game at all. Usually on these sloppy games, at the times when Rob will pull something out, uh, that's just uh, he fucking loves. Uh, let's first of all let's talk about this question. So favorite '80s sitcoms, real quick, before we head out of here. But uh, before we do that, let's just do this sports betting hearing. Give us a quick overview of what happened in this sports betting hearing yesterday. <laughs> I was watching the Kavanaugh hearing, um, which I'll give my takes on next week, but um, on the on probably Monday's podcast with the uh, Mad Lab and the Bod, but. Uh, what happened in the sports betting here? It kind of went overlooked with the Kavanaugh thing. Yeah, exactly. So they snuck this thing in during probably what right. what, what is like what one of the hottest topics in the last year or so. Yeah, for maybe. Yeah, this is like has life changing impacts, you know. <laughs> so I wasn't paying attention to that. I was paying attention to the sports betting hearing. Uh, in fact, I had to ask Tommy. Uh, what, 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 who who is this Kavanaugh guy and what's this about? Oh my god, dude, <laughs> he did. He did. I was literally. I go. I text this fucking ogre. And I'm like, I'm like, Rob, you watching the, you watching the hearing? He's like, yeah. He's like, it starts in 20 minutes. And I'm like, no, it's been on for three hours. And he's like, no, dude, it starts in 20 minutes. Like we didn't even know what each other was talking about. And then I'm like, what the fuck are you talking about? He's like the sports betting here. I'm like, 
dude, who the fuck's talking about the sports betting right now? No clue. So I text him, and he's like, what are you talking about? He didn't even know the fucking Kavanaugh thing was happening. That's how fucking out of touch I, I really did it. I, I am so out of touch. If it's not. That's, you can tell by your Twitter. That's why. Like, the reason your Twitter is so out of touch, because you're out of touch. And the rest of us are going, the fuck is wrong with this kid? What's he watching right now? And you just assume the rest of the world is watching the same thing that you're watching when we're all watching something more important. It's fucking all about me. It's all fucking about me. I don't give two shits about anybody else in this world. Uh, so, no. So, I was not, except for my wife, who's actually staring at me because she needed a $100 bill. Hi, honey. Hi. <laughs> she really did. Look, dog. I know. <laughs> <laughs> it's not a lot of cash. So, anyway. You gave her 400 That wasn't 100 I cashed a teaser on Sunday. Um, so. <laughs> you got 10 grand sitting in front of you in hundreds. I do. <laughs> it's so ridiculous. Rob just pulls out a stack of fucking. My, I want this. Is, I got to change my fuck, marry, kill, and I got to marry you now. Just, if I could just walk in the room with my hand out and. Geez, I wish you could see this. My, Rob's just sitting there with fucking $100. What, what's so bad is my wife said, Do you have any cash I could have and i said i just text her back yeah come in the room and get it and then she's bitching because it's a hundred dollar bill <laughs> <laughs> i saw you give her four you don't have anything smaller oh uh, shit no, no, no gamblers <laughs> don't keep small dollars <laughs> so anyways uh so the sports betting hearing so what happened was they snuck this fucking hearing happened. in and uh they uh, there's actually a coalition against internet gambling i have no fuck what has internet gambling done to anyone? I don't understand. I know. So right? anyways, so Kavanaugh, this guy apparently is fighting for his life. And then we got the real shit going on where they're trying to outlaw all this sports betting stuff, right? So Fuck the Supreme Court, <laughs> potential Supreme Court justice. He's literally in that seat for life. Before for I life. get attacked. And is the swing vote for the Republicans Be to basically have control of it for for life, possibly? Before I get to attacked, make judicial decisions and his fucking sexual harassment life. <laughs> Fuck all that shit. I there's a honestly sports have and no idea mad about internet gambling. I honestly have no idea about the Kavanaugh hearing. Before I get the hate, I don't even know before somebody hates on me. Uh, so anyway, uh, the the one trigger point for me, Tommy, about all this gambling shit is. Uh, somewhere in all of this, they said that the federal government is the only one that can 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 uphold the integrity of the NFL. <laughs> fuck you and the fuck federal your government can uphold their own. The integrity. federal government can't uphold the integrity of their dick. These guys. So <laughs> let me just back up. The NFL does not exist without gambling, and I'm including season long fantasy sports and, in that right. and all this shit. It does not. It does not exist on the plateau that it exists on now. So to act like sports betting is somehow, some way, going to negatively impact your integrity, you're just totally off. Go base. to a fucking bar. Go to a bar. I was there last night, and and you know the bar wasn't that big, and it wasn't that packed. There was probably you know forty people in it, and it's my it's my watering hole. I go there all the time, and literally every single time a player caught a ball. Someone had some reaction, right? Like, oh, motherfucker. Like, you know, every play they all had they all had money on it, either on the game or on in fantasy. There wasn't a there was actually I take that back. There was one Viking fan in the bar. The rest of the bar was raucous and losing its mind the whole game. And not a single person in there was a Rams fan or a Vikings fan. Everyone was talking about their bets or their fantasy team. So the NFL for, for them to say that. Uh, it's, you're, right, you're right. It's fucking ridiculous to have any negative bias towards DFS, seasonal, or gambling. 
is fucking ludicrous. Well, Tommy, I don't understand what the integrity is. I mean, are we paying off refs? Are we paying off players? Like, what are they afraid of? I don't understand. And the ignorance for them not to understand the liquidity and overseas betting markets that if some motherfucker in Bangkok or Kung Pao or wherever the fuck these people are can't influence a game from 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 uh vietnam why couldn't they impact a game from there why does it have to be in the u.s that they're gonna impact a game there's a global sports market it's not just in the u.s you don't have to worry about Vinny from the fucking block going down and shanking somebody like that's not the the same as weed it's the same as the weed discussion that's been going on like you know, just fucking legalize it and fucking regulate it and do all that. Like this fucking gambling thing being like, just fucking let people gamble. Let people do whatever the fuck they want. Who the fuck are you, you to tell do- me what I can do? Right. You want to go fucking do drugs? Go do drugs. You want to marry the same sex? Go marry the same sex. You want to fucking go anything you're doing that isn't hurting anyone else. Right. I don't care what your fucking religious views are. I don't care what your political views are. I don't care what your moral views are. Keep that in your own fucking body, mind and group of friends. If I want to go marry my fucking dog or if I want to go fucking smoke a joint or if I want to go bet on a fucking game or if I want to shoot fucking heroin in my arm, let me do whatever the fuck I want. If I want to ride without a seatbelt on, let me fucking do it. Like all this shit. You have to have insurance. You have to fuck. No, no. Stop telling me what I need to fucking do. Just let me live my fucking life. The more control that the government and all these fucking bodies get, the worse things get. The more shit gets fucked up. Gambling just boggles my mind. Because these are the same motherfuckers who created the lottery, which is the biggest gambling game in the world. The fucking lottery. It's a tax on and, the poor. That, that's what the lottery is. Exactly it is. That's exactly what it is. But it's like, they're, lottery's fine, but sports gambling's not. Um, cigarettes are fine, but marijuana isn't. You know, drinking's fine, but ecstasy isn't. Like, when it, you just fucking pick and choose whatever. the Just make everything fucking legal. Fucking tax it and leave us the fuck alone. Fuck all these people. Fuck everybody. Anyway, so uh, so nothing major came out of that hearing, though. No, just a bunch of bullshit. Yeah, you know how it is. This, these things come up and they go away. Right. Yeah, and they'll be gone in a day or two, and then there'll be some new wave. Uh, let's end it with the fa- favorite '80s sitcoms here. Uh, I have a couple Twitter questions. How much time you got, Rob? I know you got to get to uh, kids. Good. I got 15 game. minutes. Oh, do you? Yeah. All right. Yeah. Good. So, uh, so let's start with favorite '80s sitcoms. So, uh, I got a little list of '80s sitcoms up here. The first one that pops up is The Cosby Show. Looking at Bill's fucking face. Uh, give me one or two of your favorite, because I guarantee you they're fucking nowhere near what everyone else is. Doing. <laughs> uh, I liked the Jeffersons quite a bit. Uh, mm-hmm. You know, that that was a classic. Um, one of my other favorites was Three's Company. I mean, I know these were like late 70s, early, early 80s. We'll count um, it. We'll count it. Our, basically, our childhood. Yeah. You know, like anything that was airing when we were 10 or under. So even shit from the 70s was still airing in the 80s. Well, and I'm going to go late 80s with my favorite, which would be Seinfeld. Oh, I fucking hate Seinfeld. I don't understand this. You hate ballers. You hate entourage. You hate sign. Do you just hate good? I don't see. All right. So I hate ballers just because it's fucking garbage for brain dead fucking Neanderthals like you. Um, Sure. I liked entourage a lot in the first couple seasons. It was a big fan of it. Right. That whole like everyone was like picked a character in there like I'm fucking turtle and you're fucking Vinny. And I get it. But it just got so played out. Just the same shit over and over again. That it was, it just got boring to me. Like the whole fucking show just got boring. Like kind of Dexter was like that a little bit, you know, where mm-hmm. like I was obsessed with mm-hmm. Dexter for the first three seasons. Like it was my favorite show ever. And then I was just like, oh, I'm fucking kind of over this. Like, you know, it was, it, 
It didn't have staying power for me, and I don't get it. And I feel like the acting got fucking worse. And again, Rob, they started with too many celebrity guest spots. And the, like, once these shows start bringing... Dude, if you notice my... I have a common thread amongst my complaints, Rob, with shows, networks. Once you start taking away the talented specialists and bringing in known names, that's when the product goes to shit. You notice all the fucking radio shows are bringing in former athletes. All the fucking TV shows. All of a sudden, I'm not listening to guys that understand sports anymore and, and like the analytics and, you know, all that kind of stuff. I'm listening to fucking Michael Irvin. You know, I'm listening to fucking Chris Collinsworth. Like, why, why are we bringing in all these fucking former players to do jobs that professional broadcasters could do a much better job at? And it's the same thing with acting on these shows. Like, if you need to bring in, oh, Michael Jordan's on this episode and Antonio Brown's on this episode and here's fucking Kanye West, that means your show sucks. And that means the acting sucks and you're leaning on these big names. And I feel like that's what Entourage did. That's what Ballers is. And Seinfeld just fucking, it, it, I, just so played out. Just it, At first, it was like they took topics that, you know, where things like, oh, shit, like that's fucking, I never even thought of that. Or I've been through that situation. Like, why does it, you know, all that kind of stuff where it was like, oh. But then it got so, they were trying to base it on real life. And it got so unrealistic, the depth that they'd take this shit to, that it wasn't even like funny anymore to me. I just, I thought Seinfeld, curb your enthusiasm, wipes its ass with Seinfeld, and friends wipes its ass with Seinfeld. Oh, wow. Hot friends take. I, and I'm not a friends yep. hater, but you're right. I'm not you're a right. Friends lover, but it wipes its ass with You're right about curb. My thing with Seinfeld is, Tommy, is has there been a more, uh, has there been a show that's ingrained more things into our current culture ever? Probably not. Ever. Probably not. Probably not. I, I'll give you that. It's, it's the number one soup Nazi, like all this shit. sitcom ever. Yeah, it's the number one show ever. Like, it's no doubt. And that's just because fucking most people are idiots. <laughs> it's really not that funny. It's really not. It's not that funny of a show. It's, it, it never was. I, it never will be. It's just a fucking show that, you know, maybe it was a little bit before its time. And that's why. But, I mean, the comedy level of Curb Your Enthusiasm destroys Seinfeld and that should be the benchmark where it's set against that it was just Seinfeld was doing things that other shows weren't doing yet that's they they were the first so it's always going to be overrated because it was the first I I just I fucking think the show's stupid okay fair enough I disagree I agree with your I agree with your curb takes though I'll take Saved by the Bell over Seinfeld oh good call yeah Saved by the Bell back in the 80s Three's Company you see I would guess that uh let me let me find a weird show on here that I would I would have guessed the Jeffersons to be your favorite show. It was good. Uh, good show. I would I would have actually guessed that. I see you being a big Alf fan. No, not so much. Not so much. I I almost missed this one though. Growing Pains, Boner Stallone. Uh-huh. The, oh man, what a fucking show Growing Pains was. I I could see that one. Um, let me see. What's another one? Uh, here's the show that I think you liked. All right, let's see. I can never get anything right with Rob. I never know what he likes and what he doesn't like. Um, Perfect Strangers. Oh fuck yeah, Balky Bartokovich. Oh Balky, uh, yeah. I'd see you being a Balky guy because you're fucking. I think I could sing the intro song to that. Remember they're in front. <laughs> weren't they in front of Chicago Stadium? They're they're at the baseball what stadium. Was the intro? Yeah. What was the intro? Yeah. Uh, sing it. What was the intro? Oh no, no, I'm not singing. <laughs> I don't remember how it went. I'd, I'd, I'd get you started. <laughs> I can't exactly remember, but that was a really good show. Taxi. 
Is that 80s or is that 70s? You know, Taxi was just felt a little bit before my time. Cheers. Yeah, Cheers was good. Cheers was really good. Different strokes. Did, what you talk about, Willis? What you talk about, Willis? So, a lot of good shows back then. What was, what was the most overrated show of the 80s, you think? I'm saying MASH. I never fucking understood why. And, and I guess that was 70s. I never understood why anyone. That, MASH was trash. And that fucking show was like. The biggest show. It's MASH, Cheers, and Seinfeld, which are like the three shows of like, you know, 70s to 90s, in my opinion. But MASH sucked, in my opinion. No, you know, I agree with your MASH takes, but I'll one-up you. I think Happy Days was one of the worst fucking shows in history. And I don't agree there. Seriously? No, I don't. I liked Happy Days. You're a big Henry Winkler guy? Yeah. I was not. A, I I'm not a fan of Happy Days. Um, oh, you know what? You know what's also gone overlooked here, Tommy? Is, is Married with Children. Dude, oh yeah, dude, you just hit the nuts. You just hit the nuts. You, uh, see, sometimes you got to talk through the process <laughs> to get to the end result. Number one yeah. show, there it is. There's the consensus. You just fucking hit the nuts. Number one show of our childhood, 100%. You can go Saved by the Bell if like you're under 10 years old or whatever, like nine to 12, 15. But Married with Children, the single best, best sitcom ever for its time. I, I will go as far as to say that. Al Bundy. Best comedy sitcom. Ever. So Very a true. friend of mine's mother dated Al Bundy in high school. He's from Youngstown, Ohio. And really? yeah, dated Al Bundy in high school. Did she go to did she go to Polk High? She did, did go to she Polk witness High. Witnesses yeah, for a touchdown guy. Yeah. Polk High. Yeah. <laughs> I have a Polk High shirt. <laughs> <Do you> really? <laughs> I mean, it had everything, right? It had humor. It had relatability. It was a little edgy. It had fucking hot chick. It had it had everything. It was fucking great. Had some weird characters. Funny that married with children's the nuts. Dude, how hot was she was the daughter when you were like 12 years dude. old you're like holy fuck oh dude christina that's, applegate she's, right she's, that's who it was right yeah yeah she was kelly kapowski level hot like that was everyone was in love with yeah. fucking kelly bundy uh all right let's see what was the other thing we had here we had something else that i wanted to go over oh you hate game of thrones yeah absolutely well, can you explain to me because uh, i've tried there's two shows that i've tried to get you into one is game of thrones and one is westworld now, I want you guys to keep in mind how fucking stupid Rob is here, that he actually is a sci-fi nerd. Like, he loves sci-fi. He li- right, Rob? Eh, I mean... Every show you try to tell me to watch, Altered Carbon and all fucking sci-fi shows. I'm into it, yeah. Right. And these are the two best sci-fi, I guess you'd consider them sci-fi, um, shows, Game of Thrones and Westworld. And you refuse to fucking watch them. So I've gotten deep in the Westworld, actually. I forgot to tell you this. Oh! I, I, I finished season one. Okay. All right, Robbie. Hey, welcome to the club. I did not see a few things coming. Uh, I started, I think I'm on episode. How do you, hold on. Let's do the Westworld review right, first. So what's your, because I've been nagging you for a year and a half to get into this. So what's your take on season one of Westworld? Awesome. Don't, don't spoil it for awesome. people that haven't no, seen it. No, I'll just say this. The context of the show uh, is not far off from our current reality, and it could be mm-hmm. going on right now. So that's I, I that, that's really cool. And uh, I thought the storyline was a little slow to develop, but right once I got into it and like I sat down and watched like two one night, and I'm like, oh, okay, all right. Then I just binged it after I watched the first couple. So you basically did exactly what I told you to do a year and a half later. See, I have no patience. After. So Tommy's like, I know. Give it a chance. I, tell, I was like, chance. Rob, just block off two hours of your life. Just two hours. Don't watch the Oakland A's game at 10 p.m. one night and just fucking block off two hours and get to episode three. That's all you need to do. You just need to get through the first two to three hours 
and then you're gonna fucking lock the fuck in. Yeah, I did. I did. And so I'm in So would you say it's it's an all timer? It's a, where would you rank it? Oh, it's yeah, it's up there for me. I mean, it's probably uh top five, no doubt about it. Yeah. Okay, yeah. good. So just to not to break your heart, season two I don't think is as good as season one, but it's still great. It's still great. Yeah, I'm on episode um, one of season two. Okay. Now after I've been up your ass nonstop for Westworld. Are you finally going to give Game of Thrones a real shot, being that that's the other show I told you you have to watch, and I've already won the Westworld debate? I think I've given it a real shot, though, so you got to tell no, me what haven't. a real shot no, is. No, you haven't. I've watched four episodes. Yes, but you watch like 30 minutes, and then you're on your computer doing work shit, and then you'll watch like 45 minutes, and then you're fucking on the phone with me. You're, it, Westworld and Game of Thrones are shows not really built for people like you because you're fucking stupid and you have AD&D. ADD. So you have to just sit. Game of Thrones is even more important than Westworld to binge and get through a certain point. Why do I want to you work have, for my entertainment, though? This is this is my problem. I don't you, want to work. Put it this way. It's like going to the gym, right? Like, Rob, when me and you fucking stand in front of a mirror naked. Uh, yeah. We're not that happy with what we're seeing outside great. of our dicks. Not great. Right? Not like, great. It's like I stand in front of a mirror. I'm like, hmm. Thank God I got a big dick. <laughs> right? Like, that's all I got. Because I'm like, this ain't fucking, you know, and I see Mad Lab walk in with his tight shirt all fuck. Like, Mad Lab stands in front of a mirror, and he likes what he sees. So how did he get to that point? He had to get past the first week or two at the gym. Once you get past the first week or two at the gym and getting up and going there and being sore, you get in a rhythm, and then you actually get sick not to be in the gym, right? You feel like shit. Game of Thrones is like that. You, it's literally four or five episodes. you got to get through the first four or five and then when it's not on, you're going to feel empty. My other problem with Game of Thrones, though, it's about, like, fucking old shit. Like, I don't really care about old shit. I don't like shit. that either normally. But I don't like old I don't, shit. I don't like cop I shows. I don't either. I don't either. I, don't, I hate cop shows. Do you really? I hate cop I shows. Fucking hate I fucking hate cop shows. I don't fucking watch. Yeah. What? I hate cop shows. Really? Yeah. Do you like The Wire? No, I hated The Wire. I thought The Wire was the worst show fucking ever. I thought it was the most overrated show in the history of television. Terrible. Yeah, I agree. Terrible. Absolutely fucking atro- We are going to get lit on fire for this. <laughs> um, yeah, I never. I hate all fucking cop shows. I don't like them at all. And I don't like these old throwback into the olden days shows either, but Game of Thrones morphs. It just, it's, it's the most well-written show in the history of television. It's not even close. See, that's why I didn't want to watch like Westworld, because I don't care about cowboys, and that's what I thought it was about. Right, like, exactly. That, shit, that turned so. me... It took me a time or two to get into Westworld because of the cowboy scene. Um, what was the other one too? Peaky Blinders was another one that took me like two or three episodes to get into because it was like olden days show, and then I fucking fell in love with it. Since we're talking about um, shows, I gotta have your take on this, Jersey Boy. Mm-hmm. Sopranos. Ah, oh, fantastic! It's number one. I mean, for it me. started to go to shit once Tony started to have too many visits to the therapist and shit like that. Like that started to get a little played out, and the dreams and the weirdness. Yeah, and stuff. that was that one season. Uh, yeah. Right. There, it, it fell off a little bit, but every show does, you know, at some point has a season where it just fucking falls off. But yeah, Sopranos was fucking Jesus. Talk to anyone from New Jersey. It's like literally the kick you out of the state. <laughs> if you don't say you love Sopranos. Uh, let me get to a Twitter question here. Um, Rob, you wanted to know why Mad Lab drinks dirty martinis with, in a pint glass. So this is a true story. You go to a bar with Mad Lab and you go, what do you want to drink, Mike? Oh, I don't know. Give me a martini, but I don't want to drink it out of the little fucking cup. <laughs> tell him to put that tell him to put it in a pint glass mad lab literally gets a pint glass full of dirty martini okay extra dirty this motherfucker just extra dirty right but everything he, he does is dirty he's drinking it out of a beer glass of yeah, martini. I, I don't understand I, mikey i don't get it i refuse to drink out of a martini glass too uh i refuse mad lab will 
If he's on a date, I could see him actually preferring the martini glass. There's, there's two different Mad Labs. The, the Mad Lab that's fucking like whining and dining at the high-end lounges, that kid probably wants to walk around with the martini glass. But the Mad Lab, the Alpha Lab... Is, is like me where it's like no i'm not drinking. he goes from it's holding like the little stem with one finger in the air to, to like just a fucking, fisting that fucking thing. like a like a liter liter jug of water <laughs> just, just drinking the whole, whole, whole but uh mad lab would like to know why does mlb model ignore all my messages dude i thought mike was gonna fight me today so he was mad at you yeah he, he was, was mad, mad at me so first time you've seen that you've, you've got a glimpse i asked mike a question this morning at like 8 a.m and then I proceeded to get very busy today and be on work calls and things. And then all of a sudden, I got Mad Lab calling me. Yo, bro, bro, I, uh, you asked me a question this morning, and then I asked you a question back. You didn't fucking respond to me. I'm like, sorry, uh, Mikey, my bad. Dude, he was pissed. I'm telling you, listen to me. He has the longest memory of anyone you've ever seen. You do not want to get on the wrong side of Mad Lab. He does not forget anything. And he's, listen, he's alpha. But he's emotional too. He takes personal. He takes it as a personal slight if you don't answer his phone call or respond to his messages. I, I had to learn this early on. Early on with Lab because I'm a, you know me. I'm a go dark guy. I always make sure whenever I wake up after a bender, I gotta fucking call Mad Lab and let him know I'm okay. I gotta fucking respond. And and it's actually refreshing now because now whenever he calls me, I stop everything I'm doing and I pick it up. And it's nice to have that. It's just something that I never had. But yeah, you gotta make sure. Do not. He'll give you a warning or two. So this is probably your first warning. I think I got a warning you, shot today. You got it. You got You got a warning shot. But if you ignore him again a couple more times, you're going to get a kill shot. So be careful. Um, one or two more questions. I know you got to get out of here in a minute. Um, when you guys select your super contest picks, how much thought is given to what the field is going to do? Is that something that uh, only is considered towards the end of the season? Trying to get my mind right for a sim similar contest I plan. Oh, man. So there's a few ways you can Great go. Question. There's a few ways you can go with this. It is a good question. It's a game theory question, which Tommy and I are very good at. Mm -hmm. So I don't think it really matters until you get much, much later in the right. contest. Uh, right. All you need to do is pick winners for weeks. <laughs> and right. then right. when you are up there and you have to make or, or down there. Okay. So I think I've explained this before. If you're up top, you're trying to grab as much chalk as you can to stay up top and then not, you know, not regress. Right. If you're at the bottom, let's say you're just you need to fade all the chalk. You you have to. You have to take teams you don't want to take because you know the other side of that is going to be the chalk. So you have to get and, off and of it. And when Rob says that, you don't need to start going if you know forty percent of the field is gonna be on fuck, I don't know, say Cleveland. You know, you don't have to go take Oakland. Like you just need to stay off that game. Right, and then root for Oakland. So I think a lot of people confuse it in these super contests and in fantasy. Uh, I, I try to lecture people on this in DFS all the time. It's like, well, Scherzer's going to be 90% owned today, so I'm going to go play the Braves against Scherzer. It's like, no, just fade Scherzer. Like, you don't need to go play the Braves and double down on it. You could just fade Scherzer and play someone else. So it's the same thing here. You know which three or four games are usually going to be very, very chalky. Just get away from those games and play other games. Yeah, you know that's exactly. that's once you get really far down, then you know in ten weeks in nine weeks, then you might need to start going actually the other side of the favorite to really start to leverage yourself. But well, you know our story last year, Tommy, uh, about week ten, we were middle of the pack, picking five hundred, picking fifty percent. Right, we didn't mm -hmm. panic. We just kept on chugging along, and uh, at some point, we started picking 70% for three or four weeks, and we were at the top of the contest. So, yep. um, you know, the time to panic is not 
mid-season. It's you know much later, but um, yeah, good question. All right, yeah. I know you got to get out of here. We're over an hour anyway. So uh, what do you got, your kid's game? Yeah, man, let me tell you. So I coach I coach a Little League is team Trey? and a T-ball team. Right, exactly. Trey's, Trey's game? So we've got a 10-kid ten, a ten team, and I've got one pitcher and no catchers. So it's interesting. And then <laughs> while I was doing this podcast, I got a text message that uh, one of the kids isn't going to be there today, so I've got eight kids. Um, oh, that'll be fun. So we'll see what happens. You should play. I could. You have the mentality of a fucking child. <laughs> but anyway, guys, get over to GuruElite.com. Go sign up for the gambling package we have over there, $19.99 per week. Uh, we have a full season package. Keep in mind, that includes MMA, golf, um, pretty much everything. Not to mention, we just dropped the hockey gambling package with Night Ghost. Night Ghost is a fucking freak of nature. Like, this dude literally absolutely fucking destroyed NHL for our subs last year. That's probably the most anticipated package we ever had, the Night Ghost hockey package. So uh, that's live there too. Night Ghost lives in the chat and we'll be dropping bets for you guys nonstop during hockey season. Um, I didn't bet hockey much until last year and I made a lot of fucking money doing it. Uh, everybody Ghost. did. He, his name became Night Goat in chat. They changed it from Night Ghost. Uh, and then we're going to be st- talking about some basketball stuff coming up over the next few weeks. But uh, any final words here, Robert, before we get the truck out of here? No, no. I'm glad we could do it today, Tommy. Yeah, and we'll have uh, our all our gambling picks up on the site uh, by Sunday morning. We'll have our consensus picks usually up by Saturday night-ish. But uh, a lot of times there'll be plays coming in throughout the week. So you'll see them kind of trickle in each day. So uh, keep keep an eye on it. Uh, those of you that are subscribers, what's the update bot? It's G- the execs. GE article update. So follow at GE article update on Twitter. If you're a member of our gambling package, if you're not, it's useless. But every time we make a change in the article, it sends out a tweet to you within a couple minutes uh, to notify you. And then we got Cheetah this weekend. Cheetah's NCAA football package, which is the, I think the second most viewed thing on the entire site. Animal. So uh, yeah, fucking savage over there with that. All right. For MLB model, I am Tommy G. Good luck. Stay cashing, motherfuckers. Mercy is for the weak. We do not train to be merciful here. A man face you, he is enemy. Enemy deserve no mercy. Ain't no mercy. Ain't no mercy.